2: G-L-E-S Eagles
3: Welcome back to football 24-7 I'm your guy Tone, this is the second And I'm joined by my man John McMullen Our Eagles insider for Jacob Sports Make sure you guys stay for a good time And especially make sure you guys Stay for a long time Smash that like button, continue to stay engaged In the content, John how are you Feeling my friend?
2: Uh, Doing well. Uh, Another practice, number five in the books, uh, Tone to Shield. So, you know, um, we're getting closer. Getting a little scared today. A couple scares. Uh, But everything uh, turned out okay. N'Kobe Dean uh, first went in the injury tent um, and quickly came out, but he did not participate in team drills, so Team source told me he's fine, just being uh, cautious with whatever. We'll get more clarity on that, uh, most likely before tomorrow's practice. But uh, And then James Bradbury had to leave for a little bit, went in the injury tent. But saw him after practice uh, playing. He looks completely fine. So uh, a couple scary moments. You have these things in training camp, um, but all worked out and, um, the Eagles will most likely be very cautious if there's any issues whatsoever. But both players stayed on the field. That's always a good sign because if there's any concern over an injury being significant, they're not going to let the players stay on, stay on the field.
3: Yeah, especially <laughs> when you think about the lack of depth at the linebacker position. The cornerback position a different story. They do have a lot of depth there. Obviously, Kelly Ringo, uh, Greedy Williams, Josh Job, uh Zipman Ferris, and guys like that, they have a lot of bodies there but still a lot of guys who are relatively unproven, right? That actually brings me to one of my first questions for you. You know, if a guy like James Bradbury was to go down, right, um, I'm curious to know who do you think the Philadelphia Eagles have maybe the most trust in today um, to fill in that spot?
2: Well, we learned that. Josh Job got the first opportunity. So second-year player, um, been around the organization, uh, been in the system. Remember, new defensive coordinator, but um, similar scheme. Uh, so he got the first opportunity. Um, and there's, as you mentioned, a lot of bodies. Calais Ringo made a big play today, probably his best play at camp. Almost intercepted Jalen Hurts. Um, and Jalen still hasn't been intercepted at all uh, through five practices, so Uh, He got a little bit lucky. Uh, Kaylee really had a a chance to get one, and he was covering Devontae Smith, so it was pretty impressive. Obviously, long-term, he's the guy. He's the guy they're looking at as a potential starter down the road. But as far as right now, um, yeah, Josh job has got a leg up on everybody else, and we'll see if he can uh, keep his leg up as they say.
3: Can you walk me through that play with uh, Killer Ringo? Um, was it a situation where he just jumped around? Did he um, out physical Devontae Smith? Can you walk us through that situation?
2: Now, late throw, a little bit, uh, um, came out a, a little bit too late, and kaylee has got uh, 4.39 speed, so he really closed quickly uh, to get the pass break up and almost had the interception. Uh, was uh, obviously the first team offense versus the second team defense on that particular uh, team drill, uh, and he made a nice play. Uh, it was his first sort of splash in training camp, and you know, hopefully that gives him a little bit of confidence. It's always, I mean, that's you know, if you're a rookie and you're making a play on Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, that that might uh, that might buoy your confidence a little bit.
3: Absolutely. You know, is it is it fair to say that uh Kelly Ringo is maybe the most physically gifted corner they have right now?
2: I'm not gonna go that far because they have Darius Slay. I mean Darius is
3: yeah you know, but he is thirty two.
2: Yeah, um but you know, he still runs and he'll tell you, uh four four ish and he, you know. He knows what he's doing. So I enter that into the equation as well. Okay. Um, and Bradbury is not as as physically gifted. And I, I guess if you're saying pure physical traits, I mean, he's 21 years old. He just turned 21. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if it were that easy, you just take the best athletes. Uh, football IQ accounts for a lot. And the Eagles have two of the smartest corners. Uh, in the NFL And that's one of the reasons why it's so exciting That these young players get to be here Because they get to learn From two players that really Really know what they're doing um, And that's rare that, that's, that's rare So um, they have time uh, To And hopefully You know that's <laughs> N'Kobe Dean is fine So I don't want to alarm anyone I oh, don't where We're
3: going to get to Dean for sure. Don't, yeah. don't worry about that for sure. But
2: boy, him being not out there for one day really magnified how many issues you have at linebacker. Wow. I mean, there's nothing at linebacker past N'Kobe Dean. And remember, he's got 34 snaps under his belt and we're all, you know, saying, ah, oh, don't worry about N'Kobe. Don't worry about N'Kobe. And I'm not worried about Nicobe. I think people misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm saying if you, Eagles fans are Eagles fans. If they didn't like this team and this was the linebacker, the situation of the Dallas Cowboys, they'd be, oh, laughing. They, they would, be rip laughing it to shred. oh,
3: absolutely, John. At it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a question. I, yeah. I actually agree with you wholeheartedly with that and and i'm an eagles fan right you know i i I do not i I am unapologetic about it you know let's put it that way right i'm an eagles fan always have been my entire life and you know growing up you obviously become a homer right you obviously want to support your team through any and everything the good and the bad but you know for me personally as i've you know grown a little deeper you know into this industry and as i've you know uh began to associate myself with, you know, uh, guys like you and other guys in this industry, you know, you learn to become a little bit more object- objective and, t- and take the blinders off. And the reality is, like you said, behind the Kobe Dean, there's really not much there. I mean, yeah, you have a Christian Ellis who, I mean, he's not the most talented guy. He's he's vying for a starting spot, but it's kind of really based off of, you know, what's what's really available. A guy like Nicholas Morrow. Not really the most splashiest player. They got him off of a struggling Bears team. Uh Davion Taylor, uh, a guy that probably has a chance of not even making his roster, uh, Sean Bradley, so on and so forth. So, you know, there, there, there's so many issues uh at that position. Um, but I kind of want to double back to the corners really quickly. You mentioned you mentioned that Josh Job specifically uh was the next man up when James Bradbury went down. Um, I'm curious to know what have you personally seen from Josh Job for him to um, warrant that spot. And um, do you agree with the Eagles um, actually uh, having him be, I guess, the next man up for James Bradbury?
2: Um, I I mean, he's in the mix, and and he understands the defense and has a little bit leg up from that perspective. From a a talent standpoint, I mean, hell, Greedy Williams might be the most talented, but he hasn't uh, – translated that to the field yet in the nfl um we mentioned ringo you know makai garner's been really impressive as an undrafted rookie on, on the third team but it's against the third team typically sometimes he's he's been good enough to get some second team reps so sometimes it's a second team rep. um But these are all very young, very raw players, and and they're still works in progress. Josh has a leg up because he knows the defense. He's been here. Uh, DK McDonald's comfortable with him. Um, So uh, it's, you know, people are getting opportunities when guys get hurt at safety. We saw Kayvon Wallace get some first-team reps. So we've seen Terrell Edmonds. We've seen um, um, Kayvon Wallace. Uh, eventually, you're going to see Sidney Brown. Um, you know, you're rotating guys. Just because he gets the first rep, when James uh, has to leave, that doesn't mean he's going to be the the top backup corner. But he's got it. He's he's got an opportunity to do that, and and he's relevant um, for people that think he's not. Um, he's the leader. So the other guy's got to unseat him. Um, and we'll see if he can hang on to it. How
3: many corners do you anticipate this team actually keeping on the active roster?
2: Um, well, they're pretty deep at, at corner. They're tremendously deep at uh, on the defensive front. So, um, you know, I think the, the new roster roles they're not completely new, but they've only been around for a few years. With the expanded practice squad, it gives you um, more of an opportunity to to build things with with strategy. So, you know, you have people think about it in in the the fifty three man sort of mindset. That's how it's always been, but it's really sixty nine now. Um, because you have a 16 man practice squad and you can have veterans on that practice squad. In the old days, you can only have young players. Now you can have veterans. You can have as much as four veterans. My point there is you don't have linebackers good enough to be on this roster. You got a boatload of defensive uh, linemen or, or edge rushers uh, who are good enough to be on an NFL 53 man roster you could easily get insert name through waivers. Every single name other than N'Kobe Dean, you could get through waivers. And you could elevate them on game day. You need linebackers to play, but you could elevate them. And I'm not saying they're going to do that because they're going to keep at least three. But for people that think they're going to keep four or five, Why? Just put them on waivers. Put them on the practice squad. Linebackers, well. right? Yeah, and okay. ultimately, ultimately, when they run out of uh, elevations because you can elevate a player three times, then yet then yeah, you got to put them on the roster. But they did the same thing with Britton Covey last year at the start of the season. He was the punt returner, but he wasn't on the roster. He right. was on the practice squad. They elevated him for the first three games, and then after that, they had to put him on the roster. They might do the same thing with some of those back-end uh, linebackers. So, you know, you we brought up the safety
3: position, right? And you brought up Kevon Wallace. He's a guy who personally, when, he, when the Eagles first drafted him, I was extremely high on him. You know, he came out of a very strong program. Uh, to me, he seemed like a very talented player. He was, I believe, a multi-year captain on that Clemson defense. I believe they also won a national championship as well. So, you know, I had high hopes for a guy like Kavon Wallace. I think he was drafted in the fourth round, uh, if if, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, throughout the years, he hasn't really been able to uh, crack that starting lineup, per se, right? He hasn't really, uh, unless an injury happened, but he hasn't really been able to make a strong enough impact uh you know for people to really have um a high perception or you know you know uh, invest their stock into uh kavan Wallace you know the word is he's actually having a pretty good training camp you know i'm curious to know what have you seen from him um for the eagles for the eagles to allow him to have so many uh First team reps. Is, is, is it because they have so many young guys at the position? They're just again rotating guys to try to, get, to try to get a feel, or is it you know is is he the leading guy outside of uh, Reed shit?
2: No, he's not the leading guy. In fact, I was surprised that when he started getting first team reps on uh, you know this time of year, I'm I'm not good with the days. So today is Thursday. Everything runs into each other. So Tuesday um is the first time he started getting first team reps and that that was a surprise to me so I asked Nick about it today and he said he earned them so you know we'll see how it goes forward clearly you know Reed has gotten every first team rep um really quickly why
3: why why did it why did it surprise you like like did you think the the team already wrote him off or did you just write him off in general
2: um I think I thought the organization wrote him off as a, as a potential starting safety. Okay. They think he's a good special teams player, uh, but I didn't think he was in the conversation uh, to being a a, a starting safety. Um, could be good. Could be bad. Maybe he's improved. He, he talked to him for a long time today. He's worked on his body. He's in better shape. I think that's one thing I say, you know, Fans don't realize these guys work on their deficiencies. Um, a lot of them, uh, some don't, some do. Um, and just because, you, you know, you might TJ Edwards is the best example of this. I always give guy who walked into the building, guy who left the building completely different from, uh, a, a physical body. completely remade his body. Um, bond has been doing that, uh, he's in much better shape. Maybe that helps out. Um I didn't see any splashy plays on the second or third team, but obviously he's earning the trust of the coaches. Um or it could be the bad in that Terrell Edmonds, the guys who've been getting the 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 first team reps, not as impressive as maybe uh leaving the door open. So you can look at it in a lot of different ways, um, some good, some bad. But, you know, as I said, when they unveiled this uh, three, um, three-man three safety defense, the big nickel, <clears throat> you know, we're not talking about Ronnie Lott, you know. They're using three safeties because they don't have two linebackers. So, you know, maybe get a safety and a linebacker. It's kind of too late for that.
3: Yeah. Do you think, uh, you know, with a guy like Kevon Wallace, do you think he's had so many different – he's had to play in uh, a few different systems uh, under a few different defensive coordinators, you know, throughout his time in the league. Uh, He had a year – he had a year, I believe, under Doug. He had a year under Gannon. Uh, Now he has a year under the side. I think he had two years actually under um, Doug, if I'm not mistaken, Um, or Jim Schwartz rather. But um, I guess my point is when it comes to a guy like Kevon Wallace – you know, you you mentioned, you know, these guys, you know, you know, they work in their games and some guys, you know, don't. And, you know, uh, they say he's earned, you know, you know, those first team reps. And you know, we talk about a guy like Reed Blankenship not being the most athletically gifted, but he just knows where to be and why he's there. He knows how to do the job and why he's doing the job the way he's doing it. Do you think that's that's been the next step for Kavan Wallace? Like, do you think that's maybe been the most um the biggest part of his game he's needed to work on, actually the fundamentals of the position of playing the uh, safety, being exactly where he's supposed to be and knowing why he's supposed to be there rather than just athleticism?
2: Well, that's always a big part of it. That's what I was talking about at Corner. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, people generally underrate football IQ. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, Kavon was a uh, fourth-round pick. Um, he's from Clemson, though. And this is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know that goopy. Oh, Brian Dawkins is from Clemson, so <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. He. I mean, it's not like Kayvon came in as some kind of you know top ten pick, right. phenomenal. Right. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Derwin James type athlete at the safety position. He was a fourth round pick and uh, you know, the hope is always that guys can develop into being starters. Um, didn't work out, uh, for K the, and this is the last year under his rookie deal. So it's a contract year for him. He's motivated. He's done the offseason stuff. I think he's got a, ch- a real chance to, to play in this defense, whether it's as a starter or as part of that, uh, big nickel package but i think all the safeties do i think every single one of them um is in the mix uh all the way down to justin evans wow um, you know it's going to be reed and somebody else and ultimately let's be honest the eagles want want that to be Sidney brown Um, I'm glad
3: you said that because he got some first team reps today and I'm curious, I'm I'm curious, uh, I'm curious to know, Oh, you know, what was your thoughts on that? And uh, did you see him make any sort of splash plays or kind of, you know, make his presence known?
2: Yeah. I, you know, and, and I want to say this, it's very difficult um, to see every uh, player on the field at practice. So I saw some people say Sydney got first team. I did not see that. Okay. Uh, So I don't want to, I don't know if he did or he didn't. I know he talked after practice. Uh, He didn't talk about first-team reps, so he might have gotten them. If he did, it was one or two. Um, Maybe it was just rotating in. But for the most part, he's been third-team, and he's finally kind of moving up on Tuesday to the second-team. So they've started him slowly, um, which is fine. I mean – He's a third round pick again, he's not Derwin James, he's a third round pick. So, uh, the expectation if you look at last year's safeties, besides Kyle Hamilton, who was a tremendous player, there were three safeties picked in the first round. Um, Kyle Hamilton, who's on his way, looks like he's going to be a really good player. Um, there was uh, Lewis Seen the
3: Vikings, right? Then the Vikings draft him,
2: yes, and then Dax hill i believe in since cincinnati and neither of those guys played now seen broke his leg but he was buried you know he wasn't playing if he didn't break because he broke his leg on special teams he wasn't playing dax hill didn't play um these are first round picks um so the assumption a third round pick is going to come in and hey you never know when lightning strikes but You got to be a little bit more realistic. So, you know, he's going to have, as Jim Sports would say, startup cost, and hopefully they get to him. But in the meantime, um, Terrell Edmonds is still in the lead. Right. Um, He's had by far the most first team reps uh, besides Reed. Um, So that tells me that he's in the lead. And that's. How I expect it to end up uh, for week one, at least, and we'll see as the season goes on.
3: Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith was another guy who um, had an opportunity, to, you know, to show the another facet uh, of his game. Uh, I believe today they had him playing some off-ball linebacker. Uh, can you walk us yeah. through that if you had if you had a chance to see that and what was your opinion of that? I know you're not really a fan of um, having that guy playing. Um, I think it was
2: funny. But- what because Der- Derek, Barnett was playing linebacker. I heard about that. that, kind of, that
3: kind of, I scratched my head when I heard about that.
2: You know, Nicobe went down and I joked, well, this team, you know, hit the panic button and they're trying tone to tone the shields at all linebacker. <laughs> and I said, you know, this I need that this, game. I need that game check
3: first. If, and I need if, I need their practice check.
2: If this doesn't wake Howie Roseman up, but that I I I say that jokingly they of didn't course, do that because the wasn't in there but boy it makes you think about where this team would be uh if N'Kobe Dean can't play um look I'm on record I think it's stupid I think it's a waste of time there's two different things to me when you have 90 players like Nolan Smith has already proven He's going to be a a good edge rusher.
0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
2: Why are you going to screw with that? Mm. Um, Now, hey, things get different when you go from 90 to 53. Um, You don't have all these guys. And, And if there's a couple injuries at a position, you might have to go that route. And if the Eagles are thinking about it that way and saying, like, you know, Zach Ertz used to take reps as a long snapper. Um, In case, um, uh, as a holder, um, Matt Collins, uh, Zach is a holder. Matt Collins, sorry, is a long snapper. You need somebody else. So, you know, those guys would do goofy stuff like that once or twice a practice, just in case, just in case. Um, If that's why they're doing it with Nolan, I'm fine with it. If it starts to be a consistent thing, then I think it's just um, you know, it's uh, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea.
3: You know, again, you know, we always talk about you know knowing the position and knowing where you need to be versus having elite athleticism. Uh, you know, when Nolan came out, even when he was uh, you know, recruited. Out of high school, going into college, uh, he was known as someone as being extremely athletically gifted. Right, uh, he had that spectacular forty-yard dash time. I think he ran the four three or something like that. Four three um,
2: nine, baby. Four
3: three nine, an amazing time at that. But you know, I, I I guess I'm trying to figure out, you know, when it comes to him and his skill set, uh, you know, the football IQ and the athleticism, you know, you know that entire package. Like, do you believe that the reason he Obviously, he's a great edge rusher. Well, he's a he, he's going to be a good edge rusher. You know, remains remains to be seen. But, you know, in your personal opinion, do you think his limitations at off ball linebacker are athleticism related, or is it not? Being in the right place at the right time, related
2: nothing is athleticism related when it's uh Nolan Smith. It's okay. it's about it, it, the Eagles have the freaking player that's a perfect example of this. This mm-hmm. is what's so frustrating to me. Hassan Reddick was labeled a bust because he spent his first three years playing off ball linebacker, correct? And Arizona was like, Oh, this guy can't play. No, you're dumb. Um. You didn't let him do what he did. He basically had to talk the organization into, all right, it's my last year. Just let me rush the quarterback and you'll see. And they said, "Ah, we're a bad team. We're a bad organization. Let's roll the dice. And guess what? He could rush the quarterback. Um, Micah Parsons. Now, Micah's a little bit different. And I'll toot my own horn here. Jody can tell you this. I said, leading up to that draft, I said, there's a bunch of teams looking at Micah Parsons as an off ball linebacker. And I would tell Jody, I don't get it, man. I mean, this guy can rush the passer. This guy, but he didn't have long arms. Oh, he's too short. His arms are too long. Um, this and that. So we got to make him an off ball linebacker because he's so athletically gifted. If, if, The Cowboys didn't have injuries during his rookie season.
3: They would have never found it out.
2: They would have never found it out. He'd probably be an average all-ball linebacker, and everybody in Philadelphia would be happier, although Lane dominates him anyway, so maybe that's a bad example. But everybody else uh, around the NFL would be much happier because he's been a dominant player. Um, Boy, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, with these teams. And they go, same thing with Nolan. Well, he's too small. He's too small, so let's move him to the off-ball linebacker. All right, go ahead. Waste his career. Not going to affect me, but I know he's going to be a good edge rusher. At best, at best, he'd be a mediocre off-ball linebacker. And by the way, I've talked to the Eagles Scouts about this. They didn't scout him as an off-ball linebacker. So if the coaching staff... Wants to scout him as an all pole uh, wants to change him to an all pole linebacker. Understand this, Tone. The Eagles don't pay all pole linebackers. We know that. So they draft the kid at number 30 in the first round. That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I literally talked to the scouts that scouted him. They didn't even think. So don't blame those guys if, if this happens. And the big turd is sitting in the middle of the bed. It ain't it ain't the scouting department's fault. This would be a a coaching issue uh, if they make that decision. You know,
3: a guy like Jonathan Gannon was able to figure it out. You know, it took them a little bit, um, but also on top of that, Hassan Reddick, uh, he you know took his game to another level. Um, obviously once you add in a Dominica soon, LeBron Joseph, that helped as well. But I think they just got used to be, I, I guess they got to a point where they say, you know what, this guy rushes, rushes to quarterback, like that, that's what he does well. Right. So I'm, 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 curious, do you think, uh, seeing what Hassan Redick was able to, able to do despite his limitations size wise, um, do you think that, uh, do you think what Hassan Reddick was able to do kind of motivated the Eagles to give Nolan Smith, uh, a first, second or third look?
2: No, they love they love Nolan's. I thought they might take him at uh, number ten. Um, they they loved him through, and I'm talking about the personnel department. They right. they loved him. It wasn't about um, any of that. It wasn't about size. It wasn't about um, any of that issue. It wasn't about replacing Hassan Reddick. They just thought he was a really really good football player. Well I, well, I,
3: well, I don't want to imply that they were thinking about replacing Hassan Reddick with that pick. I don't want to imply that. I guess I'm just trying to say when they – you know, seeing Hassan Reddick's game, did that make them a little bit more comfortable making that move on Nolan Smith when you factor in the size?
2: Um, not a lot of people have made the comp because of the size issue. Okay. Um, but I don't think it had any relevance to the Eagles' liking of the players, what I'm trying to say. Got it. Um, They just value rushing the passer and they wanted four guys. They set it up last year. People forget Derek Barnett got hurt in week one last year. They set it up. It was Reddick, Sweat, Graham, Barnett. They want four guys that can rush the passer at a high level. Um, Barnett got hurt. Patrick Johnson got an opportunity. uh, Didn't. Didn't produce the way the Eagles would have liked. They went out and got Robert Quinn. That obviously didn't work out. And they still got 70 sacks. But you can imagine with, and, um, you know, for all those people that hate Derek Barnett, Jody being first in line there. Um, <laughs> he may. Jody doesn't know,
3: pull he, punches, man. Like, like Jody is brazen. I'll tell you that. He, oh, he, much love he, with Jody. He,
2: there's there, there are two different conversations. He didn't live up to the hype as a first round pick, but he's an NFL player. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Um, And that was the whole plan. It didn't work out. Um, and now they have a potentially even better player uh, in Nolan Smith. And we'll see how it shakes out. But it, what I was talking about, I, I got too wordy there, you know, if you're down to 53 and you have to play him an all-ball linebacker, you have to play him an all-ball linebacker. I have no problem with that. Sometimes you have multiple injuries at a position. This happened with Abonte Maddox as a rookie when he went to play safety. Right. Eagles didn't want to play him at safety. Um, they had to because they had a bunch of injuries. That's a different conversation. Um, but making him a full-time all ball linebacker, just cause you've got a bunch of crappy all ball linebackers. That's a bad idea.
3: Speaking of all ball linebackers, uh, I want to talk about Nicholas Morrow a little bit. Um, you know, he spoke to the media today, um, and, they, and you know, he was asked, uh, a bunch of questions about, you know, his understanding of this game and, uh, you know, his comfortability and also the competition with him and Christian Ellis because, like, you know, like we both know, Nicobe Dean is going to be on that field one, one way or another. they got to find out what they have in him. Uh, but Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis, nothing's necessarily promised to those guys. So, um, one, uh, who do you think is, as of right now, is um, in pole position um, for that uh, second linebacker position next to Nekobe Dean? And, you know, what's been uh, your overall assessment of Nicholas Morrow um, as it stands today?
2: Um, I, I think Nicholas is the one guy who's played enough to where, you know, now granted it was in Chicago and Las Vegas, but you know what he is. And he's just a, a sort of a jag, just a guy he's, you know, he's an NFL player. He's, he's going to be competent. Um, he knows what he's doing. He understands the position, uh, but you're not going to get, a lot of difference making plays, a lot of splash plays. Um, And for that reason, I think the Eagles should look at Christian Ellis and figure out if he's an upgrade. Um, And then if they're not, if he's not, you just go back to Morrow. I think it's pretty simple uh, because you know what you have in Nicholas Morrow. Um, And if if Christian beats him out, great. If he doesn't, you just go back to tomorrow. And I think that's the way they should handle it and probably will. It got a little bit skewed today because nikobe wasn't out there, so they Correct. both got first team reps. Um and maybe that helps. Um, uh, but if it we're up to me and Nicoby's out there, I'd have I'd look at Christian more with the first team. And specifically Cleveland, Indianapolis, those joint practices. If Christian plays well, I think he's the starter. If he doesn't, I think Nick Morrow is the starter. Um, and, but maybe, you know, maybe it was funny because when Nicobe came out of the tent today, Howie Roseman was walking him back to the field and I was joking around. Maybe Howie said, oh, you know what? Didn't look good when you were in that tent. So maybe oh, I gotta make maybe I gotta make a phone call.
3: Well, I mean, shouldn't he make a phone call regardless? I mean, this you know, like, you know, like you said, this linebacker room doesn't have that many bodies that it's worth having. Unfortunately, so like don't like don't you think by default he needs to consider making a phone call?
2: I mean i I've said I've been honest. I said I think they've taken it too far. For the for the most part, I agree with the Eagles in that um, this is a devalued position. I don't think you should spend money to a like Chicago. I mean, they spent a boatload on all ball linebackers. That's a bad organization. That's what bad organizations do. Right. Um, I don't agree with that. But guess what? They have better off-ball linebackers than the Eagles. Significantly better off-ball linebackers. Um, uh, you know, there's gotta be a comfortable middle ground. I think I think Howie is taking it too far at the linebacker position. I think he's taken it too far.
3: I want to transition to the offensive side of the ball now. Uh Tyler Steen, you know, he's a he's a prospect that's you know that's so fascinating to me because um he play he played left tackle in college. He played at Alabama. Um, and then now, you know, even when they drafted him, you know, that he was announced as a guard. So he's been doing a lot of cross training. So I, I guess from your perspective, a guy like Tyler Steen, and obviously he's competing with Cam Jergens, um, you know, as it stands right now. What's, been, what's your evaluation of him? And what I mean by that
2: is, what do you think
3: is his ceiling and what do you think
2: is his floor? Well, I think his ceiling is to be the Eagles' starting right guard for you know a decade. That's what they want. That's why they drafted him to be the starting right guard. Is Um, that
3: just is that just a steady, reliable starter? Is like is that Pro Bowl? Do you see he had like do do you think he has that kind of potential just because you know his his physical intangibles and you know the program (laughs) he played at and uh, maybe that talent?
2: It's way too early. I mean, a lot of people because Jeff is here, Jeff Stoutland, right and could he be isaac sam that's probably a ceiling that type of player okay Um, that type of uh you know they're both third round picks they're both uh sort of had to develop um people kind of forget isaac took a, a number of years to develop um and turned into a very good player um isaac's probably more versatile um Isaac could play every position. Tyler can play uh, tackle. We don't even know if he can play guard. He's projected to guard because he's got short arms. You know, at, in, at the NFL level, they want you to know, have long arms to play tackle. Um, and he doesn't. So that's why they announced him as a guard. Um, doesn't mean he can play guard. Doesn't mean he can't play tackle. It's probably more comfortable playing tackle because that's all he did at both Vanderbilt and Alabama played right tackle at Bandy. played left tackle at Alabama. Um, Didn't play guard. Um, So I think a lot of people, he's learning a new position while trying to compete. It hasn't been much of a competition because we're, we're now through by practices. Cam Jurgens has taken every single first team rep. So, um, if the competition is to begin, it better start quickly uh, for Tyler Steen. Uh, and he works some at left tackle today. Um, so, you know, it's clear that Stout is at the point where when you're going to be a backup and obviously he's going to make the team, you have to play more than one position. So you have to start the cross train and you've seen it with Dennis Kelly, who's been doing it for years. So, and Jack Driscoll's been doing it for years now as well. Um if you're backup, you got to play multiple positions. Um and he's starting that with Tyler Steen.
3: So at worst or his floor is potentially swing swing guard at at worst.
2: Well, his you know, his his worst is probably Jack Driscoll, probably a guy who can play a bunch of different positions and right. and a guy who can, you know, hold it down for right. a short period of time. And you always he can, have a
3: job, but just yeah. not, not someone that you want out there at 17, 16 games.
2: Yeah. Probably gets exposed. The more he plays, that's probably his, his floor his ceiling is, you know, big time, right guard.
3: Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, John, a uh, final question. Um, that preseason game is coming up and in the first, the first game is against Baltimore, correct?
2: Yeah. Uh, the Ravens in Baltimore.
3: So um, I, uh, I'm curious, you know, as it stands right now um, and, you know, things that you heard and things you've seen in your experience covering this team, uh, how do you anticipate the Philadelphia Eagles to approach uh, their rotations um, come that game?
2: Uh, we haven't gotten there. I mean, if I asked Nick that today, you know, he might kill me and remove me from the premises. Uh, uh, now, John, I, I you? Joke. I doubt
3: that, man. You... I joke,
2: but no, <laughs> I mean they're they're not even. There's no way there to that point. I mean, okay. I I don't expect to see the starters um, at all. Um, some guys got to play, obviously, but you know the running backs have to play, um, so I shouldn't say that you know, totally, um, you know, you don't want Kelsey to play. You don't want Lane to play. You don't want Landon to play. You don't want Jordan to play. And if you don't want them to play, you don't want the quarterback to play. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, You know, A.J. Devontae, you're going to see the Hall of Fame game tonight if people want to watch football. You're not going to see starters. Now they're playing an extra game, those two teams that, preseason has become what it's become and look the eagles value and they're honest about it they value the joint practices more so when cleveland's here when indianapolis is here the starters will get most of their work in the practices and the and the preseason game will be for the the backup players and remember, it's a little bit easier now because you you keep all ninety players until the very end, um, so you have a bunch of players to work with.
3: It's so funny, you know. You saying that the Eagles, uh, and, you know, Nick, Nick Sirianni, especially he really values those dream practices, and you know, you're starting to see a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, starting to adopt, you know, that mindset of value of valuing those dream practices because you see a lot of guys um, in a really competitive environment, um, a controlled environment at that. Uh, this is a little. Uh, off off of what we've normally been talking about but do you anticipate and again these teams are starting to value that more than the preseason games we're literally seeing the preseason games becoming more and more devalued do you is there is, is it only a matter of time before the NFL starts televising these uh live scrimmages or live live competitive practices between these teams
2: I yeah I don't I don't pay that much attention because I'm usually a practice. I think they do to a certain degree on the NFL. I could be wrong. I know they had back to whatever back together weekend. I think they do it a little bit. Um, yeah, if they can make money at it, sure. I mean, the problem is the teams don't want it out there. Um, mm. So that's where you have to get over that hump um but if they can make money off it they'll just say guess what you have to do it um and then the coaches have to persevere they're all lunatics anyway it's not that big of a deal but um yeah i mean and and by the way it makes sense that practices are more more important than preseason games cuz you can script practices so if you know, Nick and Shane can get together and say, hey, we we look crappy on red zone. We, we need a period on red zone. They'll agree and they'll script it. Um, if it's a game, you have to hope that comes up. That's you true. have to hope it comes up. So it makes sense why coaches like joint practices better because they can script it and work on what they need to work on. Um, but as far as televising it, as everything with the NFL, if they can make money off it, um, they will do it eventually.
3: You guys are locked in on football twenty-four seven. He's John McMullen I'm your guy Tony the shows the second. Keep smashing that like button, you guys. We really appreciate it. Uh John, before we get out of here, uh can you um provide us with the um you know the latest updates on the practice schedule? Um, you know, can you uh you know let us know what's coming up. For the, Philadelphia Eagles in, for the Philadelphia Eagles in the next coming days. And also, can you, uh, fill us in on what you're working on project wise, uh, either on Sports Illustrated or on jacobsports.com. Um, uh,
2: practice tomorrow, first back to back practice, um, 10 o'clock. All, uh, Sean Desai is going to talk before practice. The Eagles move Michael Clay till after practice today. So that's a bit of a change. Uh, Saturday, they have a walkthrough. Sunday, um, is the big Lincoln Financial Field practice at 7 o'clock. Uh, that's the only open practice of the year for the uh, fans. Uh, um, you know, there's obviously uh, some season ticket holders, sponsors get to go into practice each and every day. But the first truly open and only open practice to the fans is this Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. Then they're off Monday. Tuesday, August 8th, um, they're back on the practice field. uh, And Wednesday, Thursday, so they go bang, bang, bang. That's the most heavy portion of the summer, uh, three consecutive practices, at least for now. They might change it because they already changed. Originally, they had Tuesday, August 8th as a walkthrough. And now they're scheduled to practice. We'll see if that holds up because the Eagles are the Eagles.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys heard it here first from our Eagles insider, John McMullen. Uh, You guys have been locked in also on Football 24-7. Continue to stay engaged in the content. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Make sure you guys comment below, especially if you're watching this after the fact. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Uh, and sometimes we don't love hearing what you guys have to say, but the reality is, uh, you guys make this mo- you, you guys make this boat float, and uh, we really appreciate you guys for locking in on the content. I'm Tony just II, and he's, he's John McMullen. You guys are locked in on football 24 seven. Take care, of you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow.